I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday, and I'm here with Joy Behar. This is Behind the Table. Hello, Joy. It's Wednesday. You're back on your regular day, and we're together. It's been a while since we've been together, the two of us. I'm happy to have you. Seems like a million years ago. It does. I know every day we're apart is difficult for you, but uh, today's show, we started really strong, I thought, talking about the Michigan primary today, and though President Biden handily won, there were many using their vote in protest over his handling of the war in Gaza. We should say that Michigan has a high population of Arab Americans. Have you ever made a protest vote? Do you believe in that? And and do you think this issue is a problem for Biden? I've never done a protest vote. I've done a walking protest. I've I've marched to Washington several times in mm-hmm. my life, and um and now I'm on television protesting Trump constantly. Yeah. Uh, but to act actually waste my vote like that? No, I would not do that. I mean, your feeling you said on the show today is that these people will be there when Biden. I believe they them. will because this is a block of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is trying to send a message that their family has suffered in in Gaza, which I understand. And uh, they would like Biden and the United States to get out of the business of helping Netanyahu. It's By the way, it's not our war, it's his. But, you know, Israel's always been a friend of ours, and Hamas is a terrorist uh, organization. And so we're helping by financially sending money the way we do for Ukraine, because these are our friends. On the other hand, a lot of these Arab Americans, I can understand. These people feel that they're dying now. So it's tricky business over there. And it's it's more complicated than we can handle on The View. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we but, try. But at the end of the day, as somebody, a friend of mine keeps saying, um, Trump is much worse for Muslims, much worse. He will ban Muslims from coming into the country. Um, he has doubled down on it and said that he won't even he wouldn't even allow these people who are coming from Gaza to come here. So I don't think that you know which or which is your worst worst enemy, Biden or Trump? Yeah, we Trump we, is your worst enemy. We didn't even get a chance to talk about today on the show that uh, Nikki Haley also had a, a, a big chunk of the votes in Michigan in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Not enough to really put Trump right. in jeopardy, but yeah. certainly. He showed some weakness also, that yeah. there are a lot of people in the on the Republican side that are looking for an option other than Donald Trump. Right. Um, so do you get any solace from that? Or? I do. I mean, I think that I've been saying that that Nikki should stay in the race because just like I told Governor Christie to stay in the race because both of them are criticizing him from the inside. Trump. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people out there who are just not paying attention and need to pay attention. They will pay attention to Nikki rather than pay attention to me, for instance, or to us. Sure. Uh, because she's on on their team, so right. I think it's important. And it looks it's starting, it's starting to look bad for Trump a little bit because people are worn out by this. You know, all I can think of is when he was running with uh, against Hillary, he said, "You don't want a president who's constantly under investigation." You forgot that out there. Hello. <laughs> it is amazing how many things that happen that just kind of get pushed to the bottom of our consciousness in in that kind of four year blur. Well, of- you have to remember everything, you know. But you know, my mother used to say, "Don't spit up in the air; it comes back." your face. Now, his face is filled with all of the stupid things he said. So I loved our our first conversation. And I actually loved all the conversations we had today. But it was challenging a little bit at the table because, as you know, sometimes we will do a topic and then you guys will pick a topic for us to do in the morning. And then we get to the moment of the show and suddenly nobody likes the topic anymore in the commercial break. So the idea came today, came from one of our writers, that we should have uh, on the side some sort of uh, exit ramp, basically a bag of 
predetermined hot topics that we can reach into, select one out, and then regardless of what it is, and you guys have no knowledge of what it is, yeah. you got to do the topic. You I, like this idea. I like it because I, I don't mind working without a net. Yeah. Not, not everybody's like me, though. Some people, they might not like it. All right. I think we're going to try this maybe as soon as tomorrow. For, as far as I'm ready. concerned, I would do it for every topic <laughs> you and, just not ha- know, and not have the cold? meeting. And yeah, just go in cold. This is just a way for you to come in later. <laughs> Listen, I'm there every day on time. And you you are. know it. No, you are. You are. Because I live close. That's yes, why. That's yeah. why. Well, speaking of today, we had some early uh, shenanigans. We uh, taped uh, a bit with Mark Summers in the early morning today. Yeah. And uh, you got the slime Alyssa, which I is did. exciting. Uh, what, did, what did you say before you uh, pulled the rope? Did anybody hear me? I think you did. You said, you know, you love her. but I said, I love you, Alyssa, but this is for back being being on Trump's team for even five minutes. Yeah, no, I think so. And she she understood. She did. <laughs> but the audience didn't hear it. I think they heard it. The audience oh. at home heard it. You should be on top of that because last time when Sonny passed me a note, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody now wants to know what's in the note. Now they're going to say, what did Joyce say? Well, let's talk about the note because the note is the biggest thing that happened on The View since I'm not telling screen. you what's in the note. I, you don't, I, I actually know what's in the note. I know the whole backstory, but I'm one of the few. And I, I appreciate that you don't want to tell me. No. no one must ever find out what's in the note. It's very important. It wasn't that scathing. Well, for me, just... the fact that you specifically said, drop it, Sonny, <laughs> is a huge red flag because you're pretty forthcoming. Well, I didn't want to get the people in trouble who were referred to in the note. Yes. That's why. Yes, but. That's all. All right. But America, it was the number three most searched thing on Twitter last week. <laughs> what was in the note? I need you to, I need you to button up because sometimes you get loose lips. I said nothing. I know. I won't Moving say, forward, I mean, you can't be on an no. interview or there, something you, and people have to come know, up to you. If you say to me, don't say it, I will not. Yes. If you don't say it, then I feel like I could. Okay. This is me saying to you. But you don't, don't have to it. because in this case, I'm censoring myself. I know. But sometimes you get different, you know, you, you, your mood is like the wind. <laughs> It goes, it comes and goes. All right. Um, we had your best friend uh, on the podcast last week, Susie Essman. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I did. That was a great day. It's fun to to work with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, we talk on the phone, you know, all the time. I know, but this way you get an audience. You get people laughing. You got to do the True. podcast with her. So True. that made it easier. Um, one thing that um, we talked about was curb your enthusiasm and the art of improv. Yeah. Is that something that comes natural to you? I mean, I know you're quick on your feet with things, but it you comes like... natural to comedians. Yes. Because we are used to having to work the house. Right. You get on stage, you have a prepared batch of material out there, but then sometimes it just dies like a dog. And the first thing, the thing you have to do is start saying, where are you from? How, are you married? Who's the guy sitting next to you? And all that stuff, you know, right. and then, then you, because that's called improvising. Is that something you had before you were an actual comedian? Is that something you had conversationally always? Is that something that... I, you know, I, I would work parties all the time when I was younger. Right. Remember, I didn't become professional since I was in my 40s. Yeah. So before that, I was just funny at parties. People used to say, <laughs> how come you don't repeat yourself? No, I know. One of my, the things that drives me crazy is that uh, you will often have the funniest line in a Hot Topics meeting, and then I know you will never repeat it I no matter what it. because no, you won't. won't use the same material twice. <laughs> drives me nuts. That's why I don't want to talk things out in those meetings. I know. Well, that's the thing about that meeting, you know, which is why we should eliminate it. Yeah. We, listen, I did eliminate it for a while, and you were furious. You wanted it back. Yeah, you, you never get bored. know with me where I'm going to end up. No. All right. She's like the wind. Um, <laughs> no, but it's good. I mean, I, I appreciate. The, you know that the, song, Windy? That's my song. Windy. Who's coming down the streets of this city? Everyone knows it's windy. Windy. All right. I love it. Well, it's Wednesday. Um, all right. So that's great. But the. Uh, the gift of improv, do you think – so it's a popular thing for people in their 20s, or at least it was when I was younger, yeah. take improv classes and to do things like right. that. Maybe it's just because I work in TV. But is that something that you think is a skill you can learn or you either have it or you don't? 
Well, there are actors, I've heard from some actors who say that they don't like it because they're very used to having a script. Right. And even me, myself, as a, as a writer, when I... They can improvise a little in my plays. I'm okay with that as long as they don't lose the thrust of the of the play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it's an important thing, skill. You know, Alan Alda, who is an, also a very, very close friend of mine. Yes. When he uh, was do, when he does plays like, let's say, Jake's Women, mm-hmm. he will have the actors improvise before the show. Really? He will improvise who they are and what they're saying to each other just off the top of their heads. Then they go out and do the play and they have their lines. But now they're completely immersed in the character. It's a brilliant idea. Oh, that is smart. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the very best actors. And a very good director. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, speaking of your skills as a writer and director and things like that, yeah. you published this essay in Airmail on I know. I, you know, I got a kick out of that. About sexual harassment in the late 60s. You sent me a very rare thank you uh, for, for I do you. thank you. Yeah. I thank you for letting me promote that yeah. because, you know, Airmail Air also thanks you. Yeah, I think we uh, shut that site down almost <laughs> from the amount of traffic it got. Um, what was the reaction you received from it? Well, I got some reaction from women who say, tell it, Joy, and make it, and you did it funny. People loved it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's the first beginning of your, your book of essays? Well, I'm writing a memoir. They call it a memoir. You know what they say about a memoir? I, maybe I'm repeating this. They say it should be truthful, but it doesn't have to be factual. Oh, okay. No, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. good. So, uh, so, so I'm writing, I'm trying to write about, you know, different things that have happened to me over the years. Okay. And uh, I've heard you say around the, the office that this is something that you could see being a movie at some point. My, my, uh, my article. Yeah. It could be a film, I think, because it's a lot of action. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. I'm so hot. You know, why am Metaphorically I so... Metaphorically Listen, you know how old I am now, right? I'm 150,000 years old. Yes. And I'm still having hot flashes. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm hearing from the people in the other room that it is, in fact, very hot. Well, no, but I, I get hot when yeah. no one else is hot. Last night we went out to dinner. Mm-hmm. I had to take out a, one of my fans I brought back from Spain to fan myself. Nobody else was hot sitting there. I uh, took a vacation with my, my in-laws and uh, so my wife's parents, yeah. her brother and his family, and her grandparents. And we were all in South Carolina. Uh-huh. And 
I was in a little bit of a war with the thermostat. Every night I would try to turn the thermostat down yeah. a little bit. They would turn it back up. And they were very, they were older. Right. And Heather said to me, you know what? We just have to grin and bear it. We have to make sure they're comfortable yeah. and we will take the heat. So we stayed up all night just sweating every night, the whole week. Just, you need a ceiling fan. Well, we had one. It wasn't enough. We were in South Carolina. It was like 97 oh, no degrees. No air conditioning. And then on the final day, yeah. I told my new, my sister-in-law that yeah. we were doing this yeah. and I realized that the reason we were so hot is she was opening the uh, she was opening the door to the balcony and it shut off the air conditioning in the entire building. So she was oh. getting a free breeze and I was sweating. Every that sounds night. very abusive. It was. Look at this. Uh, this just came in. Mitch McConnell, longest serving Senate leader in history, will step down to his position in November. Oh, wow. Whoa. Breaking news on the podcast. Wow. Look at that. I just got it on my watch. What do you think? Well, he, uh, you know, he's an old timer. He certainly has ruined everything right now. I right. mean, so goodbye, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. I mean, he he's the reason we have these right wing uh, the theocrats on the Supreme Court. They want to turn the country into a theocracy. It's his fault. And now goodbye. And now he wants to support Ukraine and the other idiots in the, in the the Congress, Marjorie and Laura, those Matt Gates and the rest of them don't want to do it. They don't understand the ramifications of not helping Ukraine. But so Ma- he's in conflict with them now and other. I was going to say, has McConnell now become one of those people that you can stand because he's fighting no, against I worse st- evils? No, no, because his damage, the damage that he did to this country, is unsurmountable ins- mm-hmm. or insurmountable, whatever it is. Yeah. No, that's going to be interesting. Well, I'm sure I'm certain we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Well, listen, we have, uh, let's, let's switch to something fun. Um, we have a listener call from Sheldon. My question for Joy is this. She's a renowned for her lasagna and her cooking. And over the years, I'm sure there's been, she's uh, tasted many, many celebrity chefs cooking. If she was to host a dinner party of all dinner parties, which celebrity chef that has ever been on the view, she would have to um, cook. Michael Simon. Oh, your favorite. Yeah, because I, 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 he's a friend. Yeah. So I might as well get a friend who also can cook. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing he makes? He's very good Italian chef. He does a good eggplant parm. He does. Oh, he does Italian. He stuff. has a place at the Borgata that's got good. Uh, he's very, very good. good he's very yeah. good. Listen, I like all of these chefs. Mm-hmm. When you know, one time I had a conversation with Julia Child when I was when I was really? a receptionist at Good Morning America. What did she say? She was like a regular person. Well, this is what I'm going to make on the show today, <laughs> she said. And then she did the whole recipe with me. She was that's adorable. Pretty good. Yeah, that's great. There's a series now, Julia. Mm-hmm. You know, she and her husband were very sexual beings. I did not know that. People do not. It was in the other movie, Julie and Julia. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people don't think that the, of her as a sexual person because she was a big lady, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and a cook and whatever. But she was. It was a whole food and sex thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. but she and her husband were very madly in love with each other. That's Paul. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, all right. We have a text for you now also. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Joy, I'd love to hear more about how you started your stand-up career with no background and being a woman at almost 40. Mm. Don't worry. I'll be buying the book regardless, even if you tell the <laughs> stories here. Um, how did I do it? Yeah. Well, I, like I said to you before, first of all, when I was a child, I'll go way back. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very much encouraged to perform for the family. So it was like, sing another song. Come on, Joy. Tell, say the Our Father in Italian. They just pr- they prompted me. Mm-hmm. And it was constant. It was abusive after every, in a certain way. <laughs> Come on, I'd say to them, "Come on, I want to go to sleep." Okay, just one more song, Joy, like that. Yeah. 
And um, so I think that they programmed me to be a performer in a certain right. way. But they didn't give me the one thing they didn't give me was an agent. Right. <laughs> or so, training or anything else. Nothing like that. No Nepo baby. Well, they, no, the, my mother paid for me to go to the uh, to the dramatic workshop, junior dramatic workshop that Marlon Brando had gone to. Oh, wow. When I was in junior high and high school, I studied ballet at Carnegie Hall. With a, a Japanese play, um, teacher, mm-hmm. and um, I studied at HB Studios. I've been I've been in the business, but outside the business, my whole life. Right. The thing that changed it was uh, I got fired from my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a divorce the same year. I'm giving you all this information that should be in my book. This person said he will buy the book either yeah, way. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's Sheldon. Everyone will. <laughs> every every story you tell unleashes eight uh-huh. more. All right. And a lot of things happened to me when I was at Good Morning America, including getting fired. Yes. So then I said, okay, I have nothing to lose because I basically was scared. Right. I would imagine, especially having never done it before. It was scary. Yeah. So then I just did it. You know, yeah. I just, I kept auditioning and you start with a few minutes of material and you yeah. keep building. Well, listen, I don't think it'll surprise anyone to know that I also would have liked to have been a performer of some kind. I enjoy it a lot. I, I mean, know. I don't think it's a big shock. Well, you're not that, you can still do it. Well, I've, I've, eh, I'm 47. I don't know. No, the yeah. age has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, regardless, I kind of decided that I sublimated that into going behind the scenes and trying to figure out a way to kind of be a part of that world without. The risk Can I answer this, please? Yes, hold on. We'll all pause. John, I'm, on, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, what's up, John? Oh. Oh. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Feel better. All right. Joan has food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. All right. Go ahead. All right. Um, all right. We've got another text. Were we done? We were done. You I was were talking in the about. Of I was something. that I desperately. Uh, you know, here's you know, the, one of the things. One of the good things about me. Yeah, I know. I know there are ne- plenty of negatives that you could talk about. None I can think of. But a good thing of me is I always encourage people to follow their bliss. Right. And try to self-actualize as much as possible. So I would, and I suffered from not just stage fright, but also I always kept saying, "Oh, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for that," and now I'm really older. And I don't care anymore. So looking back, the one mistake I made was saying I was too old for something. Being afraid of it. Yeah. There is no such thing as you're too old Mm -hmm. for anything. I appreciate that. Well, I'm getting the best of both worlds. I get to to do this podcast. I get to be on camera with you guys and I get to be a producer. I'm good. But, you know, when you get when you when one of these things goes away, you should think about getting on stage. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, All right. We have another text. Hi, Brian. This is from Greg. Hi, Brian. Love the show and the podcast. Thanks, Greg. This message is for Joy. I'm a teacher in Florida. Yes, I accept all condolences for that. And my question is, with the Moms for Liberty group making so much noise, why do you think similar progressive groups are not as loud? That's interesting. I don't know the answer to that. I I know that the Democrats are not as loud as the Republicans in many ways, you know. Um, I think the Democrats and the people on the left are a more diverse group. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have to, it's harder to organize us. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, but um, but the one thing that we can do is vote, obviously. But I mean, I think that's part of the issue. Like, if you're all in against books, it's easier to organize <laughs> other people who are against books. Right, being for something's harder than being against it's something. Ha- yes, I think that's the problem. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, all right, before we go, let's spend a, let's send a very happy birthday wish to your grandson Luca, thirteen years old. That's unbelievable. I know. Anything special planned? Well, I got him tickets to the Drake concert. That's amazing. I know. That's he, amazing. He, he gave me a big hug for that one. Are you going? 
No. I no. would love you at a Drake concert. No, I bought three tickets. I bought one for him, one for his a friend, because, you know, an only child doesn't have you an have automatic. You have, like, the best grandmother. And, and one for his father. The three of them are going to go. That's unbelievable. I'm very good to Can him. Can you be my nana? He's my only, he's my only grandson. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? great. You, you were know, saying I, on the show that he's into, like, skincare and stuff yeah, like that. I got so, him so a blood dryer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, do you remember when you were 13? Do you remember what you cared about, what oh, you were into? Oh, God. I used to, well, you get your period at 13 when you're a girl. Mm-hmm. So then I'd have to get these books in the mail that were, they put them in like a brown covered paper. Mm-hmm. Because are of the you, shame. Are you in the know, they'd say. Oh. And I would like sneak read it. Like oh, as wow. if there was something shameful about it. Yeah. It's so wrong what they do to girls. Yeah. What was your, like, what were your passions at 13 years old? What did you, what? what, what? My passions were to not get uh, beaten up by girls in the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> For wearing the, the pants. But Bermuda shorts <laughs> and just looking, you know, I wrote, a, I did write a pretty good essay about being bullied. You'll have to buy the book for that. Okay. I'm excited. Because I was bullied, and, and it, it was a misconception about me that caused it. All right. Let's get some more information about this book. How many essays are done? I don't know. All right. How many essays are there going to be? Do I know? don't know. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's got to be at least 200 pages, right? right? So, and I, I need a title, too. I'm not sure. Okay. And I'm, then- I'm floating a couple of titles around. All right. From the tenement to television. How's that? That's not bad. That was, somebody gave me that. That's not bad. I like the alliteration. <laughs> um, what about uh, how much view content are we going to get on this? Anything? Some well, little? I, if it comes up, like I, I will talk about being fired. Yes. And, I, and I've been fired twice, obviously. Once for real mm-hmm. and once she took it back. So I will talk about that. Um, I can talk a little bit about different things. All right. Well, when, when it's out, we'll do a full podcast dedicated to the book. All right. And, uh, we'll, I have we'll to do deep. it before I retire from the show. Yes. Because this show sells books. Okay, now that you said that, everyone's going to say, oh my well, God, she's it retiring. Out. Take it out. I'm not retiring. You're not retiring. No, take it out. All right, thank you. How about we just leave it in there and you say you're not retiring? Well, fine, but right. I'm not. I'm not. I know. I still look good. You look great. I still look you're good. You're still sharp. All right. I only plan to be a super ager. Yeah. I think you're already qualified, to be honest with you. You know, if uh, this table that we have right now is really good. I don't need you to go anywhere and mess it up. I think this is good. I like, I like the table. Got going. The table's good. And I'm not changing my seat, by the way. I know. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> you know what? I was looking at the. Uh, there, in the 27 years of The View, yeah. it's only been the same table. The longest stretch is seven years. And it's been this one? No, no. This no, year, it was the first group. No, it wasn't. What? We were on for 10 years No, together. Debbie. Debbie switched. Oh, you mean every single person stayed for seven years? Yeah. Who were on the show? Who was that? It was, uh, it was you and Whoopi yeah. and Elizabeth, Sherry, and Barbara. Oh. Yeah, that was the longest stretch. How about that? That was seven years? That was seven years. Yeah. Oh my God. We're on year two at this table. I said to Barbara one time, We're gonna get we're gonna get old on this show. And she said, You're gonna get old anyway. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right. With that, thank you for joining Finito. me, Joy. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll be back with Sonny Hostin. You did not promote this on the air today. No, we didn't get a chance to because of the Mark Summers bit. I'm sorry. No, believe me. You think I don't want to promote it? You all make fun of me when I promote it. That's all I want to do. The number to call or text. You tell the truth, Brian. Yes. You like this podcast more than the show. Am I right or wrong? Be honest. I'm very proud of the show, but I enjoy the creative outlet that this gives for me. You do. You like it better than the show. I, I enjoy doing it. Why is that? I think because it's uh, it's a release. One-on-one. One-on-one, I get to have real conversations. I think, how about admit this? You like doing the podcast. Well, I prefer to be in a situation where I'm not being interrupted every minute. Who doesn't? And, you know, the, the thing about this show is, so you'll throw, we have to do like a, a geopolitical 
topic about yes. about the Middle East. Okay, you've got five minutes to do it and five women to do it. Come yes. on. I know. It's an impossible task. Although I, I, I have to read. You want me to read a, a compliment? Yeah, I'd love to read a compliment. This is from a good friend of mine okay. who watches Very Political Person, mm-hmm. and he wrote to following. You and Whoopi led the way, but the entire panel had the most thoughtful and insightful discussion on the Michigan vote in the Middle East, certainly much better than the cable news pundits and their recitation of meaningless partisan talking points. It was a really important discussion. Thank you very much, unnamed friend. All right. Well, that's... But not just anybody. Yeah. Somebody who's in politics. Oh. I'm not telling you. Okay. Is it a a Clinton? I'm not telling you. (laughs) Once again, thank you for joining me, Joy. Tomorrow, I'll be back with Sonny. The number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.